How's it going, my brothers and sisters? This is Steve Kitts. Thank you for joining us on During Bible Study Podcast. We'll open up in a prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you, Lord, for your wonderful grace and love. And we thank you, Lord, that you're with us and that these words, Lord, that you give us is something we can put in our hearts and use for your glory. Lift you up and give you the honor. In your blessed name we beg. Amen. Praying like Jesus. There's thousands of books on prayers, even videos and different summaries and things you can look at. Most of us are searching for a perfect prayer life. Most of us are scared that we will get called on to say a prayer. We know that it's hard enough to talk in front of a group, but it's even harder to pray in front of a group. Now, you can attend prayer retreats, seminars, and conferences. You can practice Christian meditation, experience different forms of prayer, and participate in kinds of prayer meetings. You can even read prayers from Christians throughout the centuries, from famous leaders and preachers. That's really great stuff, and it's inspiring. You can analyze and personalize a wonderful prayer recording uh, that you find in the Bible, like prayers from Abraham, Jacob, Job, Moses, David, Solomon, Hezekiah. The list goes on and on, even Daniel and Paul. Often, we overlook the prayers of Jesus. If we really want to understand how to pray, then we need to study the Master. Now, everybody's familiar with the Lord's Prayer found in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forget our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. In Luke 11 and 1 we read, Now it came to pass, as he had prayed a certain place, when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Even the disciples needed to know how to pray. They were with Jesus daily. They seen him pray constantly, but they didn't understand how to pray. And we look at what is traditionally called the Lord's Prayer, and we'll see an outline for a prayer that models how Jesus prayed. The first part of it, Jesus begins, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then he ends it with, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Prayer, we see, begins and ends with praise. His name is holy. And it's all about His name, His kingdom coming, and His will being done. We also pray to the Father. God is the creator of everyone, and He is the only Father to those who have been born again and adopted or grafted into His family through the blood of Jesus. The God who is in heaven transcends time and space, and He wants a relationship with us. You can talk to God. Begin and end your prayer with praise of your Father that is in heaven. Now God has a plan. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's plan for your life is better than the plan that you have for your life. We need God's vision and His will in our life. When we do things on our own, we mess it up. But if we trust Him, it will go smooth and the way it's supposed to. 
This is the way that Jesus prayed in the garden. We see in Matthew 26 and 39, O Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will. See, our allegiance is first to God. We declare that when we seek and follow his will above all, and as we pray, we should acknowledge that he is the king of our heart. He's in control. Now God's provision is in that prayer. Jesus is the bread of life, and before he fed the 5,000, he thanked God. At the Lord's Supper, he broke the bread, and he blessed it. When we read, Give us this day our daily bread, this prayer is of Jesus. We need Jesus in our life daily. Give us that Jesus in our life daily. He wants to give us everything that we need in our life, and he does it daily, one day at a time. Whatever you need, just ask. And we know that prayer is the key that unlocks all the storehouses of God's infinite grace and power. God's pardon from verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. There's a lot in this and that we need to follow. And it'd be so much simpler if we do follow it. We have to trust and have faith in God that he is in control of this part of this prayer. Now Jesus left heaven and came to earth to pay our debt of sin. He had no sin of his own, and he knew no sin because sin was in us. He died on the cross and taken upon himself all the sin of the world. Why? So that we could be forgiven. Confessing our sins the way that you commit them, one by one. Don't let them pile up. Or You need to stay caught up with asking for forgiveness. Prayer is for those that have hurt you and turn that problem over to God. Let God deal with that. Clear your heart and your mind of any issues, of any struggles or any kind of things that are coming against you. Give it back to God and let Him handle it. Pray every day knowing that you're going to hurt people and people are going to hurt you. Forgiveness is the key here. You need to ask for forgiveness and you need to give forgiveness. This is the prayer of Jesus. He even said it on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. In verse 13, we see God's protection in that prayer. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by Satan. Jesus told Peter, Satan desires to sift you, but I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. God will tempt no one. But we are tempted. If the devil will come after Jesus, God's only son, then he will definitely come after you and me. We pray to God that we are not be allowed to be led into temptation. Today I'm going to have an opportunity to sin. God knows my weaknesses, and even the devil does. But we need God to deliver us from that evil. You have to fight the devil every day. Every day is a spiritual battle. Nehemiah said, fight for your families. You have to fight the good fight and fight for your spouse and your kids and your church. When we pray, we need to acknowledge that we are no match for the devil, that the devil is no match for God. Even the archangel Michael, one of the strongest angels, didn't fight the devil over the body of Moses. Michael called Jesus to take control of that situation. We know that we will be tempted And we know on our own we will fail. 
but with God's help, we cannot fail. You learn to pray the same way that you learn to drive or swim. You just jump in and do it. Prayer is all about a relationship with God, a communication between two people. Now, we know the only way that you grow in a relationship is to spend quality time together. When we started our relationship with our spouse, we chased after them and hung on every word. Didn't want to be out of their sight. We wanted to be with them constantly. So that's how we should do when we want a relationship with God. You can't grow deeper in your walk with God apart from prayer. Start praying more often and all your heart in that prayer. This is a special prayer that we love that helps us how we talk to God. But there are ten other prayers that we need to talk about that's recorded in the Gospels. And reference them that Jesus had in times and places when he prayed. This describes an awesome event that occurs as he prays. Even today, the Jewish people are people of prayer. A faithful Israelite was expected to pray at sunrise, midday, and sunset every day. It is something that's still practiced today. We really don't know what Jesus' early daily practice of prayer was like, but we know that from the Gospels, he grew up a devout and the whole household, his mom and dad and family members all attended the local synagogue on Sabbath where he joined the faithful in prayer as well as listened to the Old Testament scriptures being read and explained. We would think that he even seen things offered as sacrifices for their sin, which started back in Moses' day in the wilderness tabernacle. Jesus also regarded the Jerusalem temple as a house of prayer rather than a place of sacrifice or worship or teaching. Joseph M. Wanted with the Constitutionalist Politics. Tune in for the upcoming episode for May 4. Issue, never the issue, as well as, yes, Peter Serafin, Rosemary Downer, Don Gallade, Gista the Rapper, Cy Young, Jason Perry, and upcoming Jack Hagar, Andrew Thorpe King, Trent Rock, Ed Temple, Chris Morehouse, and more. Please tune in to Constitutionalist Politics. God bless. We know that the people still needed to bring their animals to the priest for the sacrifice of their sins because the bloodshed had to be happening to cover their sins. Before Jesus gave himself up as a sacrificial lamb on the cross to be the blood sacrifices that was needed to atone the sins of the world. So at the temple market, it made Jesus mad because they overcharged for different animals that people needed to buy to cover their sins. It got to the point that the animals were only sold at the temple that were acceptable to be used for sacrifices. Anyways, let's get back to the prayers. Jesus was not only a gospel preaching, miracle working, disciple making, salvation bringing spiritual leader, but he was also a man of prayer. His life was saturated in prayers. His ministry was strengthened and his mission sustained through prayer. Communication with the Heavenly Father, God Almighty. For example, in early in his public ministry, Jesus goes out to the mountainside to pray, spending the night in prayer with God before choosing his 12 disciples. 
This was an excellent example because, with the exception of Judas, these twelves were later to become the pillars of the early churches and the leaders upon whose doctrine the church's faith rests. In Mark 1.35, we find Jesus alone in a solitary place, very early in the morning praying. He chooses a place with no distractions. He shuts out the world, just Him and God. And that's the way you need to pray. In Mark 6 and 46, after feeding the crowd of 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes, He leaves His disciples and goes into the mountainside to pray. Matthew adds that he remained there alone until evening. And that's the time that we read later on where he's walking on the water, coming towards the disciples that are in a bad storm, and Peter jumps out of the boat, and we all know that story. But Jesus needed his alone time to talk to God. I find it's good for me if I shut up the world and have my alone time with God. That's when the most good happens in my life. In Luke 9 and 18, then Luke 11 and 1, Luke writes that the description of Jesus' actions by reminding us that they occurred while he was praying. Luke also records that at the baptism by John the Baptist in the Jordan River, it was while he was praying that heaven opened up and the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove and the voice from heaven proclaimed him as the Son of God. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was being baptized and praying, the heavens was opened up. And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape of a dove upon him. And the voice came from heaven, which said, Thou art my beloved Son, and thee I am well pleased. It was also why he was praying that the appearance of Jesus' face changed and glorified event that we call the transfiguration, the showing of some of his glory that he kept hidden in his human form. Another great message that we need to talk about, you need to search for it and find it. I did one on transfiguration, uh, one of these podcasts, so let's go search that out. We see in Matthew 11, 25 and 26, and also in Luke 10, 21, that Jesus prayed his father and praised him in heaven for revealing hidden truths to the little children. In Matthew 19, 13, children are brought to Jesus so that he can place his hands on them and pray for them. Jesus revealed something in his private intercessory ministry for his inner circle and followers. In Luke 22, 31, 32, when he says to Peter after the Last Supper, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you last week. But I pray for you, Simon, that your faith would not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Jesus knew right ahead that Simon was going to fail, Simon Peter. But he had prayed for him and knew that when he come back to God, that he'd be stronger and he'd be able to help others. When we fail God, he knows that we can come back to him and we can use that, whatever failure it is, to strengthen somebody else. Now, Peter's leadership and ministry after the Pentecost, after the arrival of the Holy Ghost, shows how God answered this prayer of Jesus. John characteristically represents the unique profile of Jesus' prayer. In John 11, 41-42, as the stone is rolled away from the entrance of the tomb of the four-day dead Lazarus, 
Jesus looks up to the heaven and prays, Father, I thank you that thou hast heard me. I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which I stand by, I say it, that they might believe that thou hast sent me. We had read that Jesus called out the name of Lazarus, and by name, he had to do that, or everybody else that was in that graveyard would have rose up. He had to single out Lazarus. A powerful prayer. In John 12 and 28, amid the dialogue of the multicultural crowd, John records an extremely brief prayer by Jesus. Father, glorify your name. And the heaven responded like a thunder-like voice. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Some people, when they pray, they wonder if they're sending letters to a non-existent address. Someone, somewhere, way up there. But it's not so with Jesus. He was confident that God was listening and able to answer prayers. We see that Jesus so often and constantly communicated with God, not just praying because of a need. And finally for John, and perhaps the most theological significance of all the prayers, apart from the Lord's Prayer, John records a 26th verse prayer of Jesus in John 17, 1-26. This prayer is so great that we'll have to break it down in a different podcast. In the chapter, chapter 17 of John, Jesus prays for himself in verses 1-5. through the next, he prays for his disciples in 6 through 19, and then prays for everybody, all believers, in 20 through 26. Like I said, we don't have time to unpack this treasure of a prayer right now, but we will do it in another podcast. Lastly, this leaves two significant sets of prayer, those that were in Gethsemane, and then again those that were while he was on the cross. In the worst time, with the greatest pressure and with the weight of the world still on him, he prayed through it. In Gethsemane's garden, Jesus contemplated the cross, and he prays three different times in the agony of his spirit. And on the cross, he prays three more prayers of agony of spirit and body. In Mark 14, 35-42, after leaving the upper room, Jesus crosses over the brook Kidron, and draws Peter and James and John aside. Now the Brook Kidron is another historical area that we covered in a podcast, so go back and find that. Ascending a gentle slope of the Mount of Olives, he motioned his followers, his three closest disciples, to stop. Our Lord now separates himself, though apparently in St. Luke said it was about a stone's throw away from the three disciples that he threw himself on the ground in mortal agony and praying at this hour for extreme mental anguish that might have attacked him. He said, if it's possible, let this pass from me. When Jesus falls to the ground, he prays, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not my will, but what you will. And that's Mark 14, 36. Twice Jesus returns to his three apostles, and twice he goes back to pray. And as he finishes praying, Jesus knows that the end is near. He can feel and know that the steps of Judas and the crowd of armed with sword and clubs soldiers fall upon him. They send an army after him to take him in, along with 
Now, we know that the very next day he was cruelly beaten, accused. They cruelly nailed him to the cross that was raised outside the city of peace. Jesus utters seven sentences, and three of them are prayers. Three prayers on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then, Father, into my hands I commit my spirit. The witness and soldiers at the foot of the cross were gambling for his clothes. Even though he was in pain, he knows the reason that he had to give up his life, that the world would be saved. Jesus breathes an amazing prayer in Luke 23:34. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Later, after three hours of supernatural darkness, in the middle of the morning, during which he endured the wrath of God against the sins of the world, exorbitant into his own body for all the world's mortal darkness and injustice and pain, Jesus cries out with a loud voice a very different and terrible prayer. My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? In Matthew 27 and 46. As the sun reappears, a great earthquake came, and a great curtain in the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. Jesus calls out with another loud voice. Luke 23, 46. Father, unto your hands I commit my spirit. And he gave up the ghost. These are the prayers of Jesus recorded for our instructions in the scripture. So as I look for how to pray, I found that I needed to place myself in constant communication with Jesus, who is our go-between and to God. We cannot fully identify with the unique relationship that exists between the three persons of the Holy Trinity. We cannot identify with the deity that is Jesus Christ. We are mortals and sons of the daughters of Adam and Eve, but we can identify with the humanity of Jesus. With his expressions of worship and thankfulness, his identification of personal need and the needs of those around him, the examples that he gave us to learn how to pray. Above all, we can learn to pray that the vital practice of unceasing and constant prayer needs to happen. The having faith that God is present and that he hears us and that he answers our prayers according to our needs. Take heart, my fellow Christians. Jesus understands what life is like for you. He has been there before, even in the tough situations. My message today might not be profound, but it is sincere, and I pray that it will release some profound and God-directing change in your life to have a constant communication with God, a personal relationship that will help you grow and help you in your daily life. God desires a personal relationship with you, so talk to him often, and God bless. We'll close in a prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you, Lord, that you're always with us, and that you always know our needs, and you always care. We thank you, Lord, as we lift you up, that you will be there with us. Bless my brothers and sisters as they go through things, that you will be with them. In your blessed holy name, amen. Let me tell you about a new product that you probably need to go check out. It's called Talking Jesus Doll at JesusDoll.com. If you use my promo code STEVEKITS at checkout, they'll give you an extra 10% off. With all the woke culture going out affecting kids with cartoons and toys, they're trying to separate your kids and your grandkids from the family and from God. I recommend that you introduce Jesus to your kids as early as possible. That's why we're partnering with the Talking Jesus Doll. 
It's a plush doll that talks. When you squeeze the hand, it speaks ten phrases that Jesus said in the Bible, from the Lord's Prayer to John 3.16 and everything in between. With everything that's going on, it's important to introduce our children to the love and the lessons that Jesus had for many years. I love this product and so does everyone else. The reviews are amazing and kids are learning the Bible verses and using the doll to minister to others. If you have kids, grandkids, nieces, and nephews, this is a perfect gift for them. It could be for Easter, birthdays, and even Christmas. Teach your kids about the Lord. Go to JesusDoll.com and use the promo code SteveKids for 10% off and God bless you. I want to take a minute to talk to you about Buzzsprout. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new market or a channel, may I suggest that you share your thoughts and your ideas with the world. And it's just so fun to have a talk show. Podcasting is very easy, inexpensive, and a fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Within minutes of finishing each recording, Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. And a team that they have at Buzzsprout is passionate in helping you succeed. They want you to succeed. Join with over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's go ahead and create something together. God bless you.